What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Witkowski, and this week I am joined, as always, by my best friend and co-host, Nick Veronica. This week, Nick and I break down everything going into week one of the NFL season with the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We talk about our surprise cuts from last week's uh, big roster cutdown, um, and we also break down uh, what Vegas thinks of the Buffalo Bills, where the Bills will finish, what the Super Bowl chances are, where they can uh, finish in the AFC East, and possibly AFC uh, Championship game. So give us a listen, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, and remember to follow the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore process pod, and most importantly, remember to always trust the process. Nick, what's going on, man? Charlie is week one of the NFL season officially. There are no more Sundays without football until February, whatever. I don't know when the Super Bowl is, but like until that day. February. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> crazy to think, man. It's uh, right around the corner, literally. Uh, Thursday season kicks off, and uh, Sunday the Bills season kicks off against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, a lot of get a lot of stuff to get into this week, man. I don't want to waste a lot of time uh, because I am just full of excitement and want to talk Bills football. Uh, so let's talk real quick before we dive into some of the other stuff I want to talk to. I want to ask you any surprising cuts um, from last week. Um, not nothing really jumped out to me. I mean, obviously everybody was surprised that they cut Reed Ferguson a long snapper, but we we all. At least, at least people in the know were pretty immediately like, well, that's only because they have to wait to get some guys on injured reserve. He'll be right back. I mean, that was not – I'm sure they, they told Reed Ferguson how that worked. It didn't seem like he was mad about it. They brought him right back. Um, I don't know. It was interesting just how many defensive linemen they kept. I mean, you could have convinced me to keep another cornerback. Uh, maybe Cam Lewis was a guy. I don't know. I mean – they they it seemed like they didn't really lose anyone on that they wanted to keep on practice squad that they like actually might might want so um and they I think they still have the COVID rules where they can bring up a couple guys from practice mm-hmm. squad and protect them if they need them so honestly I feel like the Bills still kind of have uh, most of the guys that they actually would have needed who were in camp so nothing mm-hmm. nothing really egregious to me. Let me ask you this question. What about Jacob Hollister? What were your thoughts on that? Oh, okay. Just... You're right. I'm sorry. There was one person I was thinking of. Um, Hollister was was surprising to me. I knew I was thinking in my head. I'm like, man, I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, maybe maybe I'm, I'm thinking of a previous year. But, yeah, that one was a mild surprise just because Dawson Knox is not really doing it for me yet. He has, like, these these flashes where, like, dude, that guy's amazing. And then he'll go out and, like, just drop one when he's wide open. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, that's not that's not an NFL player. So given that he, uh, Hollister, at least seemed capable of catching some NFL passes and getting open, maybe that was a surprise. But it seems like they kind of like who they got. Reggie Gilliam could be, you know, that flexibility is pretty huge. McDermott being loved talking about flexibility. So he can be mm-hmm. a fullback. He can be a tight end. He can hop around so maybe they figured just between the three of them and also maybe how many talented receivers they have like maybe there's just not enough of the ball to go around to like really make tight end like a that important of a spot anyway so even you're thinking like why didn't they add zach Ertz? why didn't they you know 
Right. It's not, you know, it's not well, that much ball to go around. Zacherts is obviously a pass catching tight end. He's not much of a blocking tight end. And I think that's where Dawson Knox uh, it has excelled in the last few years has been more of his run blocking and pass blocking abilities more so than his pass catching. Um, but I do agree with you. I thought Jacob Hollister was a bit of a surprise, um, especially the fact that they're only running with two tight ends, that they're running with Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney. I thought that was yeah, two, two and a half, I guess. Two and a half, yeah. You could say Gilliam is listed as a fullback, but he does have that ability to go out into the tight end position. And not for nothing, worth bringing up, um, you do have Deion Dawkins, who in the red zone can roll into that <laughs> uh, tight end position, as we've seen him do in the past with some – beautiful uh trickery down there on the offensive side of the ball so we'll see what happens there i'll be curious to see if they stick with two tight ends throughout the year if they go and add a third tight end at some point whether that is a zacherts or someone else that may be sitting out there in free agency they did sign someone to the practice squad who's been cut multiple times this year already uh so i'm not really too familiar with his name or or really too worried about him right now coming into the active roster so I mean, if you are thinking of a tight end just purely as a pass catching role, or at least on passing plays, it's a it's a pass catching role. I mean, suppose you could line up just a bigger receiver kind of in that slot and send him out of there if if you mm-hmm. wanted to. But but I'm I'm just trying to think. I just there's so many talented people who need some of the ball on this team. And I'm looking last year just in terms of target share. Dawson Knox had 44 targets. Uh, Tyler Croft had 16, Lee Smith had six, and we're talking out of 572 pass attempts here. So if we add those up quickly, we are at like 66 out of 572, and I'm going to bring up the calculator. Bill's tight ends only had a target share of 11.5% last year between the entire position group. So that's not a huge, huge share of the ball that they are getting anyway, maybe – you could argue the Bills receiving core is better than it was last year, which is a scary thought for defenses, but I don't know. Maybe there's not a ton of the ball to go around. Let me ask you this question. So there's two tight ends on the practice squad. They got Quentin Morris, who uh, was a undrafted rookie, uh, and then they got this Cahale Warning. I'm probably saying his first name wrong, so I apologize. Uh, but he was the one that they signed this week. Off yeah, he's of, younger, right? Yeah, he's 24. Um, and obviously Quentin Morris is 22. Um but one thing I thought interesting real real quick, Nick, and then I want to get into everything else I want to talk about, the fact that they kept two quarterbacks on the practice squad I thought was an interesting move. They got Davis yeah. Webb and Jake Fromm both on the practice squad um, and obviously keeping Trubinsky and Allen as your two on the active roster. Yeah, two QBs seems like all they need on the 53, and it, it was possible they could have lost Fromm to someone else claiming him, but – uh, I don't know. I think I feel like with quarterbacks, I mean, if you have an injury and you need a linebacker, you can kind of bring somebody in and say, okay, here's, you know, you're either playing man on this guy or your zone here, or you're going to blitz. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, that's mm-hmm. way oversimplified, obviously. But a quarterback like really needs time to learn the system, learn the offense. And maybe teams are a little bit more hesitant to just bring somebody in, you know, last minute like that, who, they would have to spend a 53-man roster spot on Jake Fromm, who was not great, not great in the preseason anyway. So uh, bring him back on the practice squad. You know what? It does open up. I know that they said that they weren't going to do this. It does open up. You could have maybe Davis Webb this year is your like quarantine quarterback who is totally mm-hmm. just away from everybody. Worst case scenario, 
the whole room has to miss the game. Maybe you bring in somebody like that. Since you have you have two of them, there's not there's not really enough practice reps for four guys to get some action. So right. maybe maybe you do quarantine one of them. I didn't hate the way Davis Webb played in the preseason. I thought he was no, halfway decent in the preseason. So I'd be okay with that over Jake Fromm. Uh, and then yeah, I was he was almost like a Josh Allen light. I mean, when you add in the rushing factor, <laughs> he was definitely Josh Allen light. That's for sure. Um, he can definitely run, you know, him and Josh Allen do their daily races at practice. Um, and then obviously your boy, Elijah Griffin uh, was signed to the practice squad as well. I think he's yep. more of a special teams type role. Uh, if he ever makes a 53 man roster, I don't see him being much of a factor at DB, but those are just kind of the big names that, uh, that Buffalo signed to their practice squad so all right charlie enough practice squad talk we are here to talk about the super bowl all right opposite <laughs> super, bowl or bust, baby. super bowl or bust it, okay well let me uh, you're saying that almost in jest is that your like official stance as a fan is that where we are fine like it just I, feels I, weird to say after living through the drought is this a super bowl or bust i mean i feel like after last year right like there's no what you want to see improvement. How do you improve off of going to an AFC championship game last year, going to the Super Bowl? Okay. That's like that. That's true. your next step. That That is your next step. All right. Um, we are, we're going to go through some bills prop bets that are available. And I looked these up. If you are listening to the podcast, these odds are from Seneca Niagara. So you could actually go down to the casino, either in downtown or Niagara falls and bet these. If you would like uh, keep in mind, New York State does not allow the full range of prop betting. So if you want uh, player props or just some of the cooler stuff, you might have to go out of state um, to maybe FanDuel or DraftKings or somebody like that. So Or just use Bovada like we have to do down here in Georgia. Or do that. But uh, anyway. That's so. easy, folks. <laughs> All right, Charlie. Odds. Uh, we're, okay, we're going to start with some easier ones. Have you read through these? Are all in the notes here? Have you read through all these, or are you? I've I have read through all the ones that uh, that we discussed uh, yesterday. So yes. All right. You know, let's actually we're gonna start with Super Bowl. Charlie, okay. tell me without before I tell you this without looking, what what kind of return on value do you think you would need to get back to bet on Bills winning the Super Bowl? Just knowing knowing how hard it is for any team to win the Super Bowl and to bet that before the year, what kind of odds would you want back on a $100 bet? I mean, dude, if I was put 100 bucks on the Bills right now, right, and what I would want back would at least have to be 2 to 3 k coming back for 100 bucks. Like, I'm not, I'm not a big sports better. I got into it this past week with the college football stuff, really my first okay. time really sitting down in sports betting. Um, I had an 18 parlay that, that I hit six of them. I was very disappointed. <laughs> okay. That's a rookie mistake. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but long story short, I did hit six of them. There, there were two games that screwed me up, but um, no, I mean a couple of thousand bucks, you know, obviously a hundred thousand dollars would be nice, but if I'm throwing a hundred, hundred dollars down on Buffalo. Um Oh, it would have to be it would have to be substantial, I guess. All right. So now, if I tell you that the Bills Super Bowl odds are plus eleven hundred, so they're eleven to one. You bet a hundred, you win eleven hundred. I'll take that. You just said you wouldn't. <laughs> I thought, dude. Look, I'm throwing a hundred dollars on. I've already thrown my money down on Buffalo for the Super Bowl this year. Okay, so, so even even though you said you were hoping like two or three grand, you would no, you I'm, would I'm, do it for you were bluffing. 
Yes, I I threw my money down already on Buffalo this year. I think before, I believe they they were originally like fourteen or fifteen, plus fourteen or fifteen hundred, uh, when the lines first came out. Yeah, uh, months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I threw I threw a hundred dollars down then. I had a buddy go to Vegas and throw throw some okay. money on the, on the table for me. So, um. So that's kind of where I am with that, but no, I, I'm I'm good with whatever. I mean, as long as I'm getting a thousand dollars back on Buffalo with the Super Bowl victory, I'll take it. No money, Nick. No money would matter to me mm-hmm. if the Bills won the Super Bowl. I don't care if okay. I put a hundred dollars down and yeah. I get a hundred and one dollars back. Okay, so I was talking with somebody else this week, though. So their argument against betting the Bills to win the Super Bowl was: imagine like how low you would feel if the Bills went to the Super Bowl and lost, and then it's like, and you lost your bet too. Look, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but <laughs> if I feel that low after losing a hundred dollars, then you know I shouldn't be sports. I shouldn't be gambling on. Oh, you, you're saying the the hundred dollars would pale in comparison to the, the actual the, loss. Like I would need emotional support for the fact that they just lost the rule. Yeah, I saw my team. Would, okay, the hundred bucks wouldn't register. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Would you? Would you ever just just in life in general? Would you ever bet the other way just to like? have some benefit if the bills were to lose a big game and you're like, well, at least I made some money. Like put a hundred on the bills and hundred on like the bucks or something in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Just, or whatever. Just, just some yeah. money the other way. Um, Maybe, maybe like, or put something on like, uh, on like a money line or something like that, like to make some money somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, probably. All right. Interesting. So back to our bets here. That was Super Bowl. Um, We are going to start here. The bills just to make the playoffs. Minus two seventy five. So you are putting down two seventy five. You would get a hundred if they just make the playoffs. Is that? Are you comfortable enough with that small no. return? No, I'm not putting anything down at that point. Uh, I, I I would pass on that, but I think it's expected at this point that Buffalo's making the playoffs. Okay, I think we all expect that as Bills fans. So you are hoping, even though you believe in the outcome, you are hoping to save your money to make more somewhere else. You don't want your money tied up for four or five months when you could be profiting somewhere else, like the the smart money man that you are. Exactly. Like my, you know, I, I look at it more of putting my money down for twenty AFC, for example. Okay. You know that that's where where my money would go. All right. So we uh we're gonna, we're progressing through here to bills to win the AFC East minus one fifty. So you bet one fifty, you get a hundred back. Better odds? Do you trust them enough to win the AFC East? Or are you still hoping for a bigger game? I don't see anyone in the AFC East. Maybe, maybe New England this year, right? I, I don't want to sleep on New England. I know a lot of people still think New England's going to be kind of like like what they were last year. Um, New England's probably the only team that really scares me. I'm not too worried about Miami. I think everyone on this that listens to this podcast on a weekly basis knows how I feel about Tua um, and the Miami Dolphins in general. I just I'm not worried about Miami this year. Um, you know, sure that maybe they're a wild card team, but I'm not worried about them winning the AFC East. Um, New England would be the only team I'm worried about because they're bringing in so many new, uh, well, not new guys, but they're returning so many guys from a few years back that um, that were out last year due to COVID. Hmm. All right. I mean, just personally, I think I might pick the Dolphins to finish second ahead of New England. New England's offense, hmm, okay. like there's, I don't, I'm not, 
real worried about the playmakers they have on offense. I know they're getting some linemen. Is it line offensive linemen back or defensive line who were opting out last season? A lot lot of the the defensive players are back. Like yeah, defense is back. I mean, I think maybe the Patriots running backs might be like a sneaky, sneaky good fantasy play if they Belichick ever settles on one of them. But I don't know. I was looking the other day. I'm like, who are the receivers even? I was not impressed with anybody. No, I mean, I will say Mac Jones has a upward battle with that receiving core. Um, you know, I think if uh, the kid from Arizona State there, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but the wide receiver there from Arizona State, um, if he can come on mm-hmm. and have a, have a solid year uh, like he has expected to have in the last few years that he just hasn't had, um, maybe Mac, Mac has a big year. All right, here's the, the receivers on the Patriots roster. Nelson Aguilar, been around, hasn't done a ton. Correct. Ken- Kendrick Bourne, been around, hasn't really stayed healthy, hasn't done a ton. Kendrick Bourne was like my favorite fantasy receiver last year, so don't sleep on Kendrick Bourne. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jacoby Myers, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. third-year guy, seemed to have a good camp last year, didn't really translate. I mean, I feel like he was getting a huge target share, but he wasn't like really lighting it up. Right. Okay. They, gonna, and the person I was speaking of, Nick, was Nikhil Harry, and he's actually out uh, yes. on IR. So he may not have a big year this year like what is expected. He was originally uh, in trade talks. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised a team didn't try to make a move for him. Uh, he definitely has upside and a young receiver uh, going into his second full season in the league. So I'll be curious, or third season in the league. Um, All right. Next receiver, Gunnar Oshlesky. Great name, by the way. I might be mispronouncing that. I won't. I can't say that for sure. Uh, this name, Gunnar Stahl, uh, <laughs> appreciates it. Not a great wide receiver by NFL standards. And then the last receiver is Matthew Slater, who is a great special teamer, not really an offensive weapon. And that's it. That's all five guys they have on their active roster. But you're forgetting about two big uh, signings that they had in the offseason, Nick. And that's at the tight end position. They got yeah. Hunter Henry, who has been, you know, pretty good at the tight end position in uh, LA with the Chargers. And then you got Johnny Smith, who had kind of a breakout year last year with the Titans. Yeah, I like um, Johnny Smith. I like Johnny Smith a lot too. I like him in fantasy this year. Um, I'm going to be curious to see how uh, Belichick and that offense use those tight ends if they decide to use them in like a Gronk slash Hernandez type of style offense. Um, then watch out. We know Buffalo has had trouble, especially last year, covering tight ends. You know, New England could really be a big uh, problem for Buffalo if they utilize those tight ends uh, the way that they could, because I think their tight ends alone stand out much better than what the receiving core does. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I was just, just looking for fantasy purposes, looking like, so who who are their receivers even? And I was like, dang, not impressed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do like Johnny Smith. Belichick does seem to like tight ends. Rookie quarterback might like a tight end, but the outside is just not that threatening. So no, anyway, that's a, that, that's a long way of talking about the division there. I think we both would agree Jets are probably still fourth place, but uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, back to our thing. So minus 150, still not enough money. Something interesting to me, the Bills to earn a wild card berth. If for some reason you think that they might slip up, not win the division, but still make the playoffs, plus 275. 
So you, they're giving you, they're giving you mm-hmm. odds. You bet a hundred, you win two seventy five. I don't know that I like those odds even to that. Like that doesn't do it if I don't think that's going to happen. The only way that happens is if Josh Allen gets hurt and Mitch Trubisky comes in. I think while yes, there's not. Well, like let me take this back because that was going to sound wrong. There is definitely a drop off from Josh Allen to Mitch Trubisky, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think we all all know that. But I think that the offense won't necessarily suffer too much under Mitch Trubinsky. Um, I mean, it'll definitely take a step back. But I think if Josh Allen goes down this year, then, yeah, I think wild card is where Buffalo is going to be. And that's really going to change things. And it's mm-hmm. crazy to talk about Josh Allen in that capacity because last year and the year before, I don't think we were even ready to do that. I love that you add a syllable to his name always. Who, Mitch who? Trubisky. Trubisky. Dude, <laughs> listen, he, he's, 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 he should have a nice Polish name. All right, uh, Witkowski, we cannot he, all. <laughs> he's, a, he's he's in Buffalo now, so he needs to adopt the Polish <laughs> Polish name of his last name. All right, we'll get him out to Dingus Day, maybe. Dude, Dingus Day is a game changer. Like once you, there's, there's no going back once get you get him go some Krupnik. That's right. Yeah. That's right. All right, the Bills to win the AFC Championship in advance to the Super Bowl. So one win more than last year, but they still have to overcome Kansas City. We assume plus five fifty. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. You like that? Yeah, for, yeah. I, I said I would take that one before too. Yeah, I, I would take that. Um, let me ask you this, Nick. When we talk about the AFC and the AFC Championship in general, one team that always worries me, and maybe it goes back to last season and the way things kind of worked out last season with a huge victory by them, is Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's been sneaky good the last couple of years. You know, two years ago they snuck in. Uh, they beat New England. They did a couple couple things in the playoffs and kind of made a run last year as well. Uh, you know, they tried to make a bit of a run there. Um, they have a good running running game. They have good receivers. You know, uh, I don't think they're uh, – Tannehill is anything great, but they still have Ryan Tannehill who's not going to hurt you too much. Um, do you think Buffalo could if, – if Buffalo gets the AFC Championship game, could it possibly be Tennessee there instead of Kansas City this year? Uh, yeah, it's very possible. I think that does kind of underscore with the NFL's new playoff structure, how important that buy is. You really mm-hmm. want to, I mean, I know it's way too early to like really say this, but just the way it's shaping up, Kansas city, Buffalo, Tennessee look like they are probably clearly the three best teams. And then mm-hmm. you're, you know, maybe your Cleveland's and Baltimore's and maybe Pittsburgh or somebody else might be, you know, battling it out. They'll be around, but maybe not top tier of the nfl Mm -hmm. and um i mean it's i mean baltimore you could see them getting hot uh, anyway um if you can avoid one of those those elite teams in the semifinals that is huge and then if you are just Mm -hmm. playing playing the winner of that game against you for the right to go super bowl and if you can match line up with a indianapolis or a pittsburgh or somebody like that kind of like last year in Mm -hmm. uh, the early rounds that is a huge benefit. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, wanna, I, I got to say this, Nick. You mentioned yeah. Cleveland. I really think Cleveland's going to take a step back this year. I don't know why. I don't think there's going to be two teams coming out of the AFC North. Well, three teams coming out of the AFC North this year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think you're looking at Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I don't think. Um, I don't think we can sit. At least I can't sit down and say that Baker Mayfield really took that big of a step last year uh, and really propelled them into a great position going forward. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I think the receiving core is decent. They still have OBJ and they still got Jarvis Landry, but outside of those guys, you know, the running game, sure. They, they got Kareem Hunt uh, and they got Nick Chubb, which, you know, great. But if they're not running the ball well, I don't trust Baker enough to go out and win me 12 games to get me into yeah. a playoff. Spot. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Can Baker take mm-hmm. another step this year? If he's better than he was last year, maybe they can be. They could. Yeah. I could see them being a wild card team for sure, a division winning team. They should, I mean, I think between Baltimore, them, and Pittsburgh should all be fairly competitive. I think Pittsburgh is probably going to take a step back, but uh, Cincinnati, your time is not yet. No, I'm, and I will say, as good as the, I think the AFC East is going to be in years to come. I'm glad that Buffalo is not currently in the AFC North because that is a that is a tough division to play in. Yep, those games are always always tight, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so that is uh, season finish odds. Let's also talk about regular season win totals. The Bills win total. Don't forget they added another game this year. Bills is at eleven wins. All right, uh-huh. so that is an eleven and six record. Uh-huh. Um, so it's right at eleven, and it's actually favoring slightly the over. So you have to lay minus one thirty four for the over and plus one ten for the under. So if they hit eleven, it's a push, and you get your money back, which is makes it interesting because you might not lose the money. So they would have to win twelve games for you to bet one thirty four to win a hundred back. Are you feeling comfortable on the over? Uh, yes. That extra game this year, I think, makes me comfortable enough. Okay. So, last, I mean, last year they were, they won 13 games last year, and now there's an mm-hmm. extra game this year, and it's at 11. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think with the with the extra game this year, I think, yeah, 12 and a half, hmm. I, I would take the over. Do you – or I even wonder if, if the books are factoring in just the fact that the Bills have – several prominent players who are fairly notably anti-vax. I wonder if it's just the odds that they might have to miss a game or have several players out of a game. I wonder if that factors in just, you know, every week it's probably unlikely, but over the course of the whole season, maybe the odds are high enough that they get dinged on their win total. I don't know. There's only so many times guys can be fined $15,000 before they say, I'm tired of giving my money to the league and just go get it like Isaiah McKenzie did. Like, I feel like eventually Buffalo will be at the threshold they're supposed to be at to really not worry about all this COVID stuff anymore and be able to go forward. Um, and, you know, and see, I, I mean, really, if you, you talk about the guys who are, are, are pretty much, uh, you know, very vocal about being anti-vax. A lot of the, those guys are on the receiving core. Yep. Cole Beasley and, uh, and Davis. Mm-hmm. If anybody's, thinking oh these guys are rich that you know Stefan Diggs is on a pretty big contract he tweeted after they got fined 15k is a lot of money lol <laughs> Cole basically goes not for you man <laughs> uh, but, but it did it did it did cause Isaiah McKenzie to go out and get his vaccine yes he did and so remember, uh, when, what did he say with it exactly what Sean McDermott said for the greater good mm-hmm mm-hmm and 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 Gabe Davis is still on a rookie deal. He doesn't really have 15K to just be thrown away all the time True. if he if he's breaking COVID protocols. True. You know, it's only a matter of time, I think, till the money gets to these guys. And not for nothing, uh, you know, till COVID continues to get a little bit worse than what it currently is, which is very bad now, but it's it's continuing to grow um, and, and continuing to just get bad again. It's only a matter of time till these guys are just like, look, 
this is what you need to do. And McDermott and Bean, I think, need to step in and say, our Super Bowl windows this year, maybe next year, shut up, get your shot, and let's move on. We will circle back on that idea shortly. One other uh, bet option that they have at uh, Niagara. You could also bet over 12 and a half wins, and that one you were getting plus 185. They'd have to win 13 games, which they did last year, having the extra game. You are getting plus 185, or if you want the under 12 and a half, it's minus 235. I'll take the over on that as well. I was, you know what? I was thinking about that. The bill, they would be 12 and five or 13 and four. Mm-hmm. So that's. You know, with the extra game, so that's basically the same as last year, and they lost the extra game, and you're getting plus 185. A lot went right last year. A lot would have to go right again, but just I kind of like that. I don't know. I mean, looking at the schedule, right? Like, there's no game. This is weird to say again. You know, as a as a Bills fan, there's not a lot of games on that schedule that jump out at me. Like, oh my gosh, like they could lose this game. Like. I think definitely look at Kansas City. I think that's one. Yeah, they got Kansas um, City and Tennessee and back-to-back. Right. Uh, maybe Tampa. I think that Tampa game is going to be really good. I'm not yep. too worried about Jameis and the Saints. I'm not too worried about Jacksonville. I'm not too worried about Atlanta. Uh, you know, not worried about Washington, not worried about Miami. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, maybe. Pittsburgh can always be yeah. sneaky good early in the season. I would rather play Pittsburgh later in the year when – when old man Ben starts falling apart. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, outside of the Kansas city, Tennessee game, I don't know how many games this team loses with, with a healthy Josh Allen, with a healthy roster, they can stay as healthy as they stayed last okay. year. I think that that's a big piece that we need to. All right. The talk. last prop bet I will ask you, since you are currently drinking out of, out of the, why not us mug? <laughs> uh, you can bet on the bills to go 17 and 0, have an undefeated record. It plays, it pays plus 6,600. You bet $100. They give you 6,600. If it happens, are even you ballsy enough to bet that? Uh, maybe not a hundred. Maybe $10 to get 660. Sure, I'll throw ten dollars on that. Why not? Why not? Have some fun with it. I don't see it happening. Like I just said, Kansas City and, and Tennessee are in your way of going seventeen and zero. Uh, and the, but, and the hey, bucks. You know, for ten bucks, sure. You know, I'm not. I'm not too worried about what. Uh, uh, you know, what I would go. There's not many things you can go buy nowadays for ten dollars anyway. Okay. All right, we are going to end the podcast here. I'm going to tell you a list. Of, I'm going to run through a list of things things that could keep the bills from the Super Bowl. And you are going to be free to add or debate any of these points, and then you are going to rank them as the most or least likely to derail a Super Bowl campaign, all right? Okay. Before we get there, got to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Ethos Performance Rehab. Find them on Instagram, online, Ethos Performance Rehab. If you have... You have, you have an injury, you have a nagging thing, even if you don't call it an injury, it's just that that knee that bugs you. I got bad knees, I got sore hips, I got my ankle, my whatever. You don't have to be coming out of surgery to go to rehab to want to get better at what you do. If it's working on the job, if you are a contractor and you are very sore because of an injury, if you are an athlete and you are sore, you want to run better 5Ks, you are a high school athlete who's looking to get recruited looking to get a championship looking to get that blue sectional champion uh 
little badge for your jack, whatever it is. Ethos Performance Rehab helps you get better, overcome whatever's holding you back, get more explosive, get more balanced. Ethos Performance Rehab, Dr. Matt, Dr. Zach, tell them the process sent you. Yeah, man, so- Dr. Matt is great. Um, I got to say, as a pretty serious kickball player over here in Georgia, <laughs> Uh, I realized how tight my, my body was and texted Dr. Matt. Dr. Matt sent me a bunch of stuff and worked with me over FaceTime to uh, increase my flexibility. So definitely give Dr. Matt a call over there at Ethos. All right. Charlie, here is my list in no particular order of things that could derail the Bills Super Bowl bid. You can add dispute or and then rank the top couple in your mind. All right. Okay. All right, the number one thing, can't really avoid it given that we are still in the middle of a deadly pandemic, uh, COVID slash themselves could derail it, okay? If, if they have players held out, if people get sick, if you did see last year, Cam Newton did not look the same after he got sick and was back. You saw the Sabres had a team outbreak and then looked awful after that. If, say, I don't know, Josh Allen were to get sick, it could be very detrimental. Number two, uh, hey, the Kansas City Chiefs, still good. That is a pretty big <laughs> obstacle. Uh, number number three here, you could say a Josh Allen regression could happen. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not saying I see it, but he took a massive jump last year. And you, you do even have to say there are very good quarterbacks who didn't even play as good as Josh Allen played last year. Josh Allen is probably – likely to not meet what he did last year just because that was a truly amazing season by the history of the NFL. And it's just really hard to repeat that. So will he not match what he did? Will he be similar, but maybe not as great? Well, defense, I don't know. Off, you know, coordinators had all year to, to try to figure out how to stop it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen, but it, it's in the realm of possibility. It could happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Hey, we mentioned Kansas City still good. Uh, Tampa Bay returning like every starter from the Super Bowl team. Like that's crazy. They even if you get past Kansas City, you are still have the NFC team to be in the Super Bowl. That's got to be on your list. Um, something that you like talking about is crowd noise. There are gonna be uh-huh. fans back in the stadium. Uh, we were talking with, with Billy Moy last week from PFF. If you missed that interview, that was phenomenal. Go go play that one. We did talk about uh, what do we call it? Sugar Rush, Josh Allen, and Sugar High, Josh Allen. Sugar yeah. High, Josh Allen. Um, hey, crowd noise. It's gonna be it's different, at least. I don't know if it's detrimental, but it's different. Well, um, I, I want to say real quick, Nick, on the crowd noise point. Um, Josh Allen looked pretty good with a pretty packed crowd in the final preseason game. He did. Um, it was a home crowd. It was a it, well. It was a home crowd, but that's usually where we see Sugar High Josh Allen is at home uh, or in the playoffs. But uh, a home Josh Allen with that with uh, the mafia bumping and 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 the stadium shaking. That's when I get nervous <laughs> about seeing Sugar High Josh Allen, and he looked okay. I I, I wasn't. Uh, yeah, he was calm in the pocket. Him. Yeah, correct. Correct. All right. Uh, interesting one that I think maybe not as many people are talking about here. You saw last season with coordinators being interviewed during the playoffs. You saw Brian Dable had some interviews. Uh, Brian Dable potentially interviewing or being trying to get hired away during the playoffs is a thing that could happen, and, and Sean McDermott could deny those interviews until later, but he also does want people on his staff to 
advance in their careers. And didn't the, didn't the Bills try to get a, a rule approved this year? Uh, and I don't know if they did. I don't know if, if um, I, I don't think that rule was approved. I think it personally, I think it would be a good rule that you can't hire a coach until after the Super Bowl, just so like you don't throw playoff teams off of their stride basically right. and kind of ruin the whole season on them. I don't think that rule was approved. So at least as it stands now, that is a thing that could come up. And I, you know, the bills could say, no, you can't interview. And you could also like have a guy be pissed at you if he, you know, I'm sure they all want to be a head coach mm-hmm. down the road at some point, but uh, anyway, just putting it out there on the list. Let me ask you this question, Nick. Who gets a head coaching job first? Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City or um, Brian Dable? Wouldn't that be a great like subplot of the potential AFC championship games? Like mm-hmm. who's going to hire the other team's coordinator? For... I mean, honestly, I think there's enough turnover in the NFL coaches every single year. Like they should both have a head coaching job next year. Bieniemy Somebody... should have had a job this past year. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe I don't know if Kansas City paid him more money. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's out there. Um, all right, we've gotten like I don't know seven or eight things done the list. We haven't actually talked about like on field stuff just because they seem like they're pretty solid in a lot of groups. A lot of the same people just kind of to run it back. You could say the offensive line. What if they're not as good? What if they can't keep Josh upright? What if they can't run block? What if? What if? What if? What if? Um, and then what the pass rush that was that was basically what killed them against Kansas City. They had no pass rush. There was not even a threat of having to do something different. It was people, you know, there was there was Travis Kelsey had a field day because there were there was no threat of having to stay in the block because it was not getting it done. And if you send extra people on a blitz, then you're taking them out of coverage. So that's that's one thing. And then the the only other on on field thing that I'm listing here is a significant injury to a vulnerable group where there's not as much depth. So outside of Josh. Okay. So tight end to me is not quote unquote, a vulnerable group because it's not really that good to start with. Anyway, if they happen to lose somebody, it's not like a huge drop off. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. I feel like there's a drop off between Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney. Right. Like I feel like, yeah, but you're probably just not throwing to the tight end as much anymore. But if Knox goes down, and Tommy Sweeney steps in, he's your one tight end. I mean, you got to go out and find some some guys who may have never played in this league yet to come in and, and, and play. Tight end, while, while you may not think it's as important, Nick, this is a team who, when we talked to Billy last week from PFF, he did say how how much better the run game actually was compared to what we what we thought it was, right? I yeah. thought that was – and a lot of that is they do come out and they play with that tight end as a as an extra run blocker. Yeah. If you lose a guy like a Dawson Knox, or if they're running, you know, who knows what Dable's going to do? Dable likes to mix things up pretty often on the offensive side of the ball, and sometimes he runs two tight end sets, sometimes he runs one tight end set, whatever it might be. But if they're running the game or running the ball well with with, with the tight end set, I'm sure they're going to keep doing it this year. And on top of that, you lose one of your best pass blocking tight ends in Dawson Knox. I haven't look, I haven't seen enough Tommy Sweeney to say, look, I'm confident in Tommy Sweeney being your, your your tight end one if he needs to be. But I'll be curious to see what they do to that position if one of those guys go down. Because you're fair. limited. You're, That's you're, fair. you're limited there. That's fair. I mean, I, I would imagine Reggie Gilliam is around to be a blocker more than a receiver. Well, I, yeah, I mean, he's a fullback. Unless they're going to throw the ball 40 yards downfield to him in a playoff game, then. Spire two wide banana, just right to him. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
All right. I was, I actually had cornerback in mind because I think behind Tredavious white, they are not, not elite. Um, they've been pretty, he's been pretty healthy throughout his career, hoping he can sustain that. But um, I mean, I think Levi Wallace is, is having a good career for an undrafted guy, but if he's your top corner and then you're relying on somebody behind him, even, I think that is, I don't know if, if Dane Jackson is your number two cornerback against Kansas city in a playoff game, like you are in trouble. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot to worry about there. Um, you know, I, I'd be curious to see what Johnson could do on the outside. Okay. Um, you know, he's a guy who um, he's played well in the slot. He's very good in the slot, but I'd be curious to see what he can do on the outside. There's a lot of guys still available that I would be curious to see if Buffalo would, would, would take a flyer on if they needed to be. Um, like Jonathan Joseph is still available, a little older, mm-hmm. but, you know, he's still there, can bring some veteran presence. Uh, Jason Verrett is still available as well if needed. He, we know what Stefan Diggs, though, did to him in San Francisco last year. Uh, you know, no no one on the, the current list of available free agents jumps off, to, jumps off the board to me like, oh, my gosh, why has no one signed that guy? Um, but there's definitely enough guys who I feel like could come in if they needed to come in to uh, help out that, uh, that defensive back group if needed you know, for, for a game or two or three games that they put Trey on IR for three games, whatever it mm-hmm. might be if that happens. But let's not talk, talk yeah. crazy stuff. Hey, weird random thing. It seems like Stefan Gilmore is still not happy in New England. I I don't know what the deal is there, if he's actually injured, if he's just saying he's injured, if he wants out. I don't think Belichick would trade him in division, but wouldn't that be a, a real reunion to, uh, to let his fam see him back on TV again by coming back to Buffalo? <laughs> What would you be willing to send them for Stefan Gilmore? Like, would you have to send them a first? Hell no. I mean, if that's what they asked for, that's just not, I mean, mid to late year. round. I was thinking hopefully not higher than four, but okay. I don't know. I don't know. If, um, Bel- I don't think Belichick would, would trade him in the division if he thought he was still useful. No, I mean, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Um but you, who knows, man? I I don't know what Belichick would 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 do. I don't even know how much he really wants to play there. You know, um, Nick. There's another player that's still available. I believe he's still available, at least according to Sports Track right now. Um, EJ Gaines. I feel like he's a name to watch with Buffalo. Former year. Bill EJ Gaines, two-time former Bill. Yeah, he was uh, he was more of a slack corner, if I am recalling. Is that mm-hmm. right? He was, but he played a little bit on the outside uh, when he was here his first go around. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't hate to see him back in Buffalo okay. if they need to need to go out and sign him, but I don't I don't know where he is. Okay. I don't know. Is is there any cornerback on the Carolina Panthers who might come in a trade for the draft pick <laughs> back? Like it feels like that. That's as good a chance as any. I thought for sure when they moved uh, Johnson last week that they were going to be doing a player for player trade. Hmm. And I was kind of shocked that they uh, that they went for draft picks in, in the later rounds. Yeah. But I mean, you you look at their uh, unless they're trying to get like a Dante Jackson, who I really like Dante Jackson a lot, but I think that, that you know asking price might be a little high from him. But mm-hmm. this is just looking at Carolina in general. I like Dante Jackson. Uh, even a, a Keith Taylor coming back, I think could be could be something obviously they're not going to get anything back on a jc horn 
Um, but Dante Jackson was a second round pick in 2018. Um, you know, in 2020 at three interceptions, uh, 11 pass breakups and 22 tackles. Nothing jumps off the page of you, but he's a guy who can come in and hold his own if needed. All right. So of, of all those things we, we just talked about, do you, do you have a, a ranking or rough, rough order of things you are most worried about knocking the bills off the Super Bowl? Injury, I think, is, is should be the number one concern on everyone's list. Because while a running back doesn't worry me, because I think you you if you lose Singletary, you have Moss or vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like they're they're pretty much one in the same at the running back position. There's not much of a difference between the two guys, right? Both fairly similar in speed, both fairly similar in size, both fairly similar in strength and what they can do. Uh, both like to run the ball hard between the tackles. I I, I think you're kind of getting the same player there. Um, you also have Matt Breida who made the roster as well. Big fan of Matt Breida. Going to bring a change of pace, going to bring some extra speed. So not too worried about the running back position. Um, I think the wide receiver position as well, Nick, is something that we mentioned because of COVID, right? If there's a COVID outbreak on the team, most of the players that we're at least aware of, myself is aware of that, that are not vaccinated is the wide receiving core. Cole Beasley, um, uh, Gabe Davis, those guys are not vaccinated. If you have a Stephon Diggs go down, are you comfortable enough running with a Gabe Davis and Cole Beasley as long as they don't get COVID or are close contacts to COVID or break COVID protocol, whatever it might be, you know, you, you, you lose digs and you lose Beasley and David Beasley or Davis. You're really getting down to the nitty gritty at that point. You know, you're looking at a Jake Kumaro coming in and being your possibly your number two or your slot receiver if needed. I'm not comfortable with that. And then you're moving Emmanuel Sanders into your number one spot. And I, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Um, you know, I think he did. He line, did in the uh, preseason game played without Diggs, right? And really didn't look like he missed a beat even without Diggs. Gotcha. Am I remembering that right? Yeah. 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 Diggs did not play in the preseason. Yeah, but again, it's preseason. You're playing the third preseason game. I don't know how many starters played for Pitt, for uh, Green Bay then. Fair. Um, but uh, to, to to the other point too. I mean, you think Josh Allen goes down? You know, for for once in a long time that's a big hit that the team's going to have to deal with if they lose a guy like Josh Allen, because sure. Mr. Trubinsky, fine, fine backup. But again, like I said before, there's a drop off between Trubinsky and, um, and, 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 and Allen. And do you have enough faith in Mitchell to come in and lead your team to a Super Bowl if needed, if, if Josh is down long-term. And then finally, I think the offensive line, I think the offensive side of the ball in general worries me more so than the defensive side. Because you're all, you're off at the side of the ball, you got to worry about them keeping Josh Allen up. You do have some young guys who can come in and play tackle and guard. Um, you know, I did think Spencer Brown played pretty good um, tackle in place of Deion Dawkins, but how would he do in a um, you know longer season if they have to go you know or in a playoff game? Let's say they have to go up against a team like a Cleveland and he has to deal with a Miles Garrett or a Jadavian Clowney. Um, you know two very good guys who are very good at getting to the quarterback. How does he fare then against those guys, you know, or how would he fare against a team like a Kansas city uh, in week four or five, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Um, you know, he's a, he's a young, young kid. He's tall. He's got long arms, but how would he fare against a better pass rushing team like Kansas city or like Tennessee? Um, so offensive line is, is a big thing that worries me, but injuries are really the big thing, I think. And, 
and I feel like it might be the easy answer there, Nick. Mm-hmm. But injuries are the one thing that that really scares me this year more so than even last year um for for what what might happen and what might derail uh the super bowl or bust okay okay honestly i gotta like even just talking with people about this like around i'm surprised more people don't say kansas city i am i don't know we i tried to ask billy this last week like i don't know that the bills had a better offseason than kansas city had and kansas city was better than to start with like that you, the Bills could beat Kansas City in one game, but it's – I don't know. We got to – I'll, I'll what, say what, what gives you confidence that the Bills have have surpassed Kansas City? I think Buffalo did a lot to add to the pass rush. I think Star coming back is going to play a lot of uh, uh, dividends and helping Ed Oliver again this year. You know, Star's a big guy. He doesn't do a lot as far as getting to the quarterback. But he's a big boy that does a good job of taking up some space uh, and, and opening some holes for Ed Oliver. Uh, I think you have a healthy Matt Milano. Um, and how how dare I say this, Nick, but A.J. Klein looked halfway decent in preseason. Um, you know, so I'm not as worried about him maybe this year. Now he's had a full year in the system. Uh, I think your linebacks are going to be okay. I think Tr- Tremaine Edmonds is going to have a bounce back year. He's healthy going into the year. Um, as long as he can stay healthy throughout the season as well, I'm not too worried about the, that linebacking core. Um, and I think pass rush in general. Buffalo saw what Tampa did to beat Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City. No one, my, myself included, I think you were on, on board with me as well. No one thought Tampa Bay was going to beat Kansas City. I, I for one, did not think Tampa Bay was going to beat Kansas City. Tampa Bay was not the best team all year. I think, what, they finished 9-7? and seven? They were a wild card team? Or actually, I think they won their division. Am I, am I mistaken? It's the NFC. I'm, I, I I'm, I'm forgetting at this point. But uh, I mean, we, was, we were worried about Kansas City's injuries on their line, right? Yeah, I mean Kansas City in general. Yeah, they 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 can have their offensive line. They revamped their whole offensive line this offseason. You know, they spent some money. Obviously, they paid Patrick Mahomes a lot of money. But um, I'm I, I'll be curious to see where we end up uh, with Kansas City, where Buffalo and Kansas City match up because I think Kansas City's concerns are the same as Buffalo's concerns. Patrick Mahomes goes down. I'm not trusting my backup in Kansas city to go out and, 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 and win Kansas city a Super Bowl or win them multiple playoff games. I don't even know who their backup currently is this year. I know last year it was Matt Moore. Um, Chad Henney. Chad Henney, even worse. Even another, another former Miami dolphin. Uh, no, I don't. Patrick Mahomes goes down long-term. I think you can, can kiss uh, uh, a Super Bowl goodbye for Kansas city or, you know, um, but I, I, I'm not, I think the best way to put what I'm trying to say, Nick, is mm-hmm. the same concerns we have for Buffalo, or at least that I have for Buffalo would be the same concerns that I would have for Kansas city going forward. I feel like the teams are built very similar Okay. and where Buffalo lacks depth. I feel like Kansas city also lacks that same depth. Okay. You know, I, I think that offensive line can get beat up very easily. I think, Mahomes goes down, you're looking at a big hit. I think the only only area where Kansas City may be a little bit better than Buffalo on paper is the running back position. Okay. All right. Uh, final thoughts here, and I, I'll leave you with this. Uh, we, we had Jay Swakowski on the podcast last week. <laughs> uh, your, your wife posted a photo this week of him sleeping, saying, what is he thinking, dreaming about? And I said he's wondering whether the Super Bowl parade should go down Main Street or Delaware Avenue. 
do you have a preference of which route it should take? Dude, it should go down Delaware Avenue for sure. For sure. Go down Delaware Avenue, follow the same route as the Dingus Day Parade and 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 the and the the, 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 the St. Patrick's Day Parade and all that stuff. Okay. Best way to go. Uh you got all the bars down Delaware Avenue, everyone's gonna be partying at. I mean okay. I will say this if the Bills do win the Super Bowl and there is a parade, I have already been given permission <laughs> by my wife to come home for the parade. Uh, okay. So 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 sign me up. I will be standing on sitting on Delaware Avenue bright and early at five o'clock in the morning, okay. up close and personal. Uh, uh, would it would it be uh fitting if the parade started on Main Street, took a turn down Allen? And then went to mm-hmm. Delaware, and it's it's got to culminate in the circle down there. Right, uh, right, right. Yeah, I, I mean that'd be that'd be an awesome way to go. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm overthinking here. I mean, I, mean, I don't I, even I, know. I don't. I don't even. I don't know how long parade routes are even. Just I mean, at the end of the day, right? What's the easiest way for them to get to City Hall? Because that's where the, you know, that's where they'll be giving all their speeches, and and unless they do it down at the harbor, unless they do it or down. The, in Orchard Park and say, build us a new stadium right right over there, guys. New st- right right here. Okay, stadium. Thanks. Okay, real quick on that that point. <laughs> we, we have we have two uh, just two minutes. I want to ask you your because we'll, we're going to talk about this more obviously this season yeah. as we get more information. What was your first reaction to seeing that they want to build the smallest stadium in the NFL? Um, honestly, if the the seats, the report was they wanted to go to sixty thousand seats. Uh, sounds. Not a great idea to me, but I'm not super. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't, that was not as dumb to me as that they wanted to like cover the seats like a soccer stadium or like, like Seattle and then still have it open air. Like that, that was the dumb part to me. I know you're, you're a big uh, fan of a covered stadium in general. Um, I like the outdoor stadium, but that's just me. Um, and I, I know a lot of people do. My big thing is, you're building a new stadium. Why downsize your stadium? I, that I don't understand. I don't know why you're going to downsize mm-hmm. your stadium from I think it's 73,000 now down to 60,000, especially with fans in Buffalo who are already fighting to get season tickets. You're then going to limit, uh, limit that more. I, it doesn't make sense to me. Charlie supply um, and demand, the less, the less supply, the more they can charge. Correct. I get that. I get that. And they're going to get, Right, well, I, I, right. They're going to get think, all the money they want. I the think that years. that's their thought: is we can charge more. And I think I read one of the, one of the quotes was like the you know the last X thousand people on the way upper deck, like those tickets are not like the ROI for the team is like way substantially less. I'm not, something stupid. Like I don't know. Like you charge insane prices for concessions, or like if somebody pays only, I don't even know what, what those would go for in a new stadium, only 40 bucks to get in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they need, I don't care if they want to build a new stadium and have it. 40 is probably too capacity. low even. And they want to have the same seating capacity at 70,000. Great. But there's no reason to build a stadium with 60,000 people. That, that, that is. Yeah. Especially when you don't have any trouble filling it. Like most of the time, even when the team is bad, they have no trouble filling the stadium. I don't know what some trouble, some but not not a lot. Like I I remember going to games, Nick, when they were bad, and the stadium still being mostly sold out. Okay, that part. this is what tailgate culture was. Tailgate culture kept the stadium full. Right, people and wanted I, to do that. It wasn't expensive. 
and mm-hmm. the like they did have trouble in the cold like December January home games are tough when the team's bad. And I will say, I guarantee you, the tailgating has something to do with them building the stadium down in Orchard Park. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Down, because you downtown, can't do that in the city. No, you can't do that in the city. But we'll talk about that more as the season goes on, as we get more information throughout the next couple of weeks. But um, Nick, great uh, opening podcast uh, for the season. Looking forward to what we have coming up for the year. I think we have a few guests still lined up. We're still holding uh, Brayton Wilson on retainer in case Jack Eichel news breaks. <laughs> so. Uh, hopefully something comes with that soon, but doesn't sound too promising with his new agent change. Uh, Nick, anything for the people before we hang up? Yeah, I do. Uh, we totally forgot. This is week one. Uh, bills are minus six and a half at home against Pittsburgh in the opener. Do you, I like that. Do you like that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have a final score for, for week one, Nick? Uh, listen, I think, I think Pittsburgh, you saw they started, what was it? 11 and 0 or something last mm-hmm. year. Uh, that was that was a mirage, right? You saw they were kind of sliding down. They didn't have a lot left in the playoffs. Um, the teams are going in opposite directions here, and I think the Bills are actually going to open up fairly strong. The defense honestly looked good in the preseason to me. So mm-hmm. um, I think the Bills will – I just I feel weird after so many years saying, like, saying this. Like, I, th- I think the Bills win this one handily here. I'm going to go – Buffalo, 29, Pittsburgh, 17. Ooh, we're very close on what we're saying, what we're going to say here. Uh, I got Buffalo winning uh, uh, 30 to 21. Okay. I think Buffalo's defense is good. I feel like they get up. Um, you know, I with that score, the game's not going to be as close as what that score may may give off. I think Buffalo's going to be up, be up early. Um, and can't and Pittsburgh's just getting a couple late touchdowns to try to make it close. So that's where I stand. Should be a good game. Looking forward to week one. We will be back with you guys next week, as always, here on the Process Podcast. Remember to always uh, follow the Process Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the underscore Process Pod. Follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica, myself at Chawit68. And most importantly, remember to always trust the process. Thank you.